this again, what I had to do for Stephanie, and do a whole nother recording. I put my foot into this meal. So this is what I call my seven layer lasagna, Elaine. Since you're making me lasagna when I get to Lake Tahoe, this is a seven layer. That's, my, that's what I actually, I love the kitchen. Y'all don't know? I love the kitchen. I went to Italy and stayed there specifically to learn how to cook. And one of my best meals is a seven layer lasagna. That's what this is right here. So I want you guys to, for those who are taking notes, I want you to understand before you can move ahead. So I'm gonna give you the topic on each foot. Before you can move ahead, I want you to write down Joshua 1, 2. Arise, go to the land which I am giving to you. Arise, go to the land in which I'm giving to you. See, Joshua had, here, let me put on my spectacles so I can have my notes here. Joshua had already tasted the joys of the promised land, but now he had to go back and wait until Moses died. And every doubter in Israel was buried. I want you to observe a couple of things here. Number one, some of our old ways must die. That's what we're talking about in all of this in Proverbs 31. They not, not kind of go away or change the habit or replace the habit. They must die. See, Moses represented the old system. It was good for then, but not now. Oh, no, no. When you align yourself with was, with what was instead of what is, you're not ready. There's still too many folks you still need to impress. You're so bound by certain philosophies that when God says it's time to move, you have to consult somebody else. See, when God told Joshua, jo I'm sorry, not Joshua, talk, 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 talk to Joshua. Are y'all with me on that stuff? When God told Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. Arise, go over this Jordan, you and, the, and this people to the land which I am giving to them. There was only one correct response. Yes, Lord. You must honor the past, but not get stuck in it. You must stand on the truth, but seek God for fresh instructions and insights. If you're to reach any of your destinies, that's number one, is some of our old ways must die. Now, number two, our doubts must be buried. I tell people all the time, doubt, fear, and worry, they're the three cousins of the devil. They're his servants. They are his, I mean, they support him in everything that he does. Doubts, fear, and worry. Your doubts must be buried. See, only two out of 12 spies who went into the promised land believed that God would actually give it to them. The other 10 saw giants, caved in with doubt, died, and were buried in the wilderness. And every doubt that's holding us back has got to die and be buried, including the voice of your low self-esteem, your childhood fears, your anxieties, and your critics, even more so the people you're trying to impress or you're looking for validation from. Gather them up, put them in a box, bury it, stand on top of it, and say ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Before you can move ahead, you must understand and live by these principles. Now, as we go in, I want you to understand Write this down, showing honest emotion. What I tell you all the time in regards to business and life itself, if you truly want to be able to get anywhere, nothing in your life will start unless you reach the heart. Nothing in your life will ever start unless you reach the heart. There's nothing more powerful than authenticity and transparency and power in the state in which you live, in which others can actually see that you're human versus you trying to give an embellished conversation. See, in James 11, 35, 36, it says, Jesus wept 
Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. See how he loved him. He wept. That means he was being transparent. He was showing his honest emotion. Some of us are like that closed book. People never get to know what's on the inside of us. Jesus, I mean, I see so many people that want to play the game. Like, I'm just closed. And you know what? Well, I just need to, I don't want people to see my real emotions. Well, I don't, I don't cry that much in front of people. Well, I don't want people, you know, I'm strong. I'm going to be strong for the rest of the world. All this, like I told you, it's Halloween, 24 hours a day. They should actually wear a real costume today and try and be real and authentic. Take off the costume. They've been wearing a costume for all year. And for one day, they should actually wear a real costume of being real and authentic. See, Jesus was not afraid to be vulnerable. He wept openly at the grave of his friend, Lazarus. So can we show honest emotion is the question. Do we talk of the trophies we've won, but not tear up when we have to shed? When we speak only of our success, but fail to share what we went through to achieve it. You leave people feeling like they were never able to actually rise up as high as you have. And that's not something that we want. See, Jesus was infuriated when the strong took advantage of the weak. It's why he threw the, honey, the, the money changers out of the temple. Yet he wept over the people of Jerusalem because he knew, he knew what the consequences of their rejecting him would be. Now, we're not talking about displays of uncontrolled temper or dissolving into tears each time trouble comes, but unless we have the ability to show an appropriate level of empathy and transparency, we will have no credibility. See, scripture says this, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve, and a time to dance, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 4. If we are able to be tough, but not tender, you gotta understand people may admire our achievements and comply with our instructions, but they will keep us at a distance. So many of us are out there selling a bill of goods that we haven't even truly lived into in full throttle. And in that, you will find pure loneliness. But it's self-imposed loneliness brought on by our unwillingness to open up and let them in. Jesus showed honest emotion. I need you to understand that. Now, in this, as I get into it, you want to write down James 11.39 because this is what stinks. What really stinks? James 11.39 says, Lord, by this time he stinketh. See, they can smell BS, just so you're clear, right? Once you get this, sometimes when we have a problem, we, we do what Mary and Martha did when their deceased brother's Lazarus. We, we, we actually bury it and roll a stone in front of it. Then guess what happens? Jesus comes along and tells us to roll the stone away so he can deal with it and make us whole again. It takes honesty, humility, courage to roll that stone all the way away, to roll away that stone on a stubborn or charming issue, roll it away but we will never become healthy, nor will we become whole until we are willing to do exactly what I'm saying, move that stone away and be in that transparent, empathetic state. Can you even imagine the state Lazarus was in after four days in a grave? Martha said, he stinketh. Yet Jesus said, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God, James eleven forty. 40. The great thing about this story 
is that no matter how far gone our situations may be or how unpleasant it may be, here's what I know. Jesus can turn it around for each one of us, but we have to be willing to roll the stone away and allow him to go to work. If we let him do that, he can give us back what life has taken from us. Everything that you think has been taken, he'll give it back in multitude. People may give up on you, but Jesus will never give up on us. And when you have changed, and think about this. Have you ever changed a baby's diaper? I know you have over there, Dwayne. You got your child over there. And many of you have had children or, you know, some of you have a couple of them. See, if anything else smelled that bad, you would throw it away in the trash. But not your child. You love them. And you know, with a little help, they're capable of outgrowing it and becoming something amazing. Like Mary and Martha, you may think it's too late for a miracle. You may think it's too late for a miracle. You may think it's, what did I tell you? If you decide to be a miracle, you will have miracles show up in your life. Your finances may stink. Your relationships may stink. Your prospects for the future may stink. But if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. And I want to give you this last piece of the meal that I put together, which is, I want you to understand, stop waiting for perfect conditions. I know some of you A-types, it has to be perfect. Stop waiting. Yes, Jackie, you too. Stop waiting for perfect conditions. I, I got to wait till I get the money. I got to wait till I get the time. I got to wait till this is right. I got to wait till I get this done. Wait till I get to this next achievement. Wait until I finish this. Oh, I'm going to show them after I get here. Oh, let me get here. All this conversation and all this manure coming from your mouth and your soul. Waiting for perfect conditions. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says, he who observes the wind will not sow. He who observes the wind will not sow. Ecclesiastes 11.4, write it down. See, too many of us stand on the, listen to me, listen, Linda, listen, listen. Listen, Linda, are you listening? I'm speaking. Too many of us stand on the dock waiting. We want the ship in place, the game plan perfectly positioned, the weather just right, and an engraved invitation before we're willing to launch out. Let me tell you something, it'll never happen. Dreams do not move towards you. We have to move towards them. One author that I took a quote from, he says, it's time to quit waiting for perfection, inspiration, permission, reassurance, someone to change, the right person to come along, the kids to leave home, the new administration to take over, an absence of risk, someone to discover you, a clear set of instructions, more self-confidence, or the pain to go away. Instead of saying, we've never done it before, say, we have the opportunity to be the first. Instead of saying, we don't have the resources, say, necessity fuels invention. Instead of saying, there's not enough time, say, we'll change how we work. Instead of saying, we've already tried that, say, we've learned from experience. Instead of saying, we don't have the expertise, say, let's network with those who do. Instead of saying, our vendors and customers won't go for it, let's say to them, instead of saying that we have an opportunity, we have an opportunity for you. Instead of saying, we don't have enough money, say, maybe there's something we can cut out. Instead of saying, we're understaffed, I don't have enough people. Say, we're lean, hungry, and a steaming machine. Instead of saying, it'll never get any better. Say, we'll try this one more time. Instead of saying, let somebody else deal with it. Say, I'm ready to learn something new today. Instead of saying, it's not my job. 
say, I'll be glad to take the responsibility. Instead of saying, I can't, here's what I want you to say. By God's grace, I can. I want you to understand why you don't wait for perfect conditions. Write down Hebrew 11.1. 1. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. See, successful people do not spend the majority of their time thinking about what must be done. They just do it. They spend twice as much time reflecting on what they have already done and accomplished and on how they are capable of accomplishing what they set out to do. See, there's a, a coach, John Witten. He said, things turn out best for the people who make the best of the way things turn out. Things turn out best for the people who make the best out of the way things turn out. See, when pursuing a God-given dream and knowing it's a bumper ride, as every leader in the Bible has found out, and only those who think right succeed, right, not left. The greatest gap between successful people and unsuccessful people is thinking. What I say is the difference of a person who makes 100,000 and a person who makes a million, one zero. It's the way they think. They all have 1,440 minutes in a day, 86,400 seconds in a day. They all have the same 24 hours. This is especially true when it comes to failure. Successful people see failure as a regular, listen and write this down, successful people see failure as a regular part of success and they get over it. Jonas Salk, the developer of polio vaccine said, as I look upon the experience of an experimentalist, everything that you do, in a sense, succeeds. It's telling you what not to do, as well as what to do. Not infrequently, I'd go to the laboratory and people would say something like, it didn't work. And I say, great, we've made a great discovery. If you thought it was gonna work and it didn't work, that tells you as much as it, it did. Let me tell you, my attitude is not one of pitfalls. My attitude is one of challenges on what is nature telling me. Such tenacity only comes from right thinking. And it's the hallmark of every successful person on the planet. They keep attempting. They keep learning. They keep moving forward. They keep in the battle. They win in their minds. And then it overflows in what they do. See, I want you to write down Hebrews eleven twenty seven. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. He kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. There's a strong relationship between our movement towards our dreams and the resources we need becoming available to us. Too often we want the resources. We got to see them or have them in hand before we start moving forward. When we do that, we have neither the resources nor the movement. We need to be like the snail. You guys have heard me tell the story many times. I love this story. It's my story of the snail. I think I've told it at least twice in this series, right? The snail, the snail and this for maybe some of the new people that came up, but I want it to be burnt into your soul. The snail started climbing up the tree on one cold day in February. And as he inched away upward, a worm, a worm, a worm stuck his head out, put his head out of a crevice of a tree and said, you're wasting your energy. There isn't a single apple up there. And the snail kept on climbing and replied, no, but there will be by the time I get up there. See, over and over in scripture, God sent people out with what seemed like little or inadequate resources. But when they got to where God wanted them to be, the resources needed to get the job done were in place waiting for them. Vision does not follow low resources. It happens the other way around. First, we have a dream. 
then we have to move towards it. Then and only then, and in only then, do people and resources follow. And the plan God has given us to begins to get in place, fall in alignment. See, a wise man once said, effort only releases its reward after a person refuses to quit. Effort only releases its reward after a person refuses to quit. People who succeed see what others don't. It's what keeps them moving forward. It was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eye on the one who is invisible. And when I tell you everything that I've accomplished in my life, I had no idea how I was going to finance it. I got dreams right now that are way beyond seven figures that I'm embarking upon going into 2020. I have no idea how I'm going to accomplish it. I don't know where the resources monetarily. I don't know where the resources, the people. I don't know where the resources as far as the people are going to put. But guess what? Once I move in that direction, as I move in any direction, everything comes towards you. become a law of attraction. You become a magnet. They find you. Somebody knows somebody who knows somebody. I got that. I got that. I got that. What else you need? Because, see, it's kind of like a person lying on the ground. If you go through the middle of the street right now, some of you guys have heard me say this, and somebody's lying in the middle of a main street, anywhere you are, right there in Toronto, right there in New York, right there in Jersey, right there in Chicago, right there in LA, wherever you are right now, and somebody's lying in the middle of the street, guess what we do? We walk around them. But the moment we see somebody pulling themselves up and they fail, and they're fighting like hell to get up, we will go and help them up. See, the universe will conspire for your success when you start fighting for your own. You have, to pay, you have to play a role in your own rescue. I say it all the time. Don't leave, do not let me be more committed to your dream than you're committed to your own. And the last piece of this meal is James 2.17. Faith, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. Faith without works is dead. See, there's a wonderful story behind the success of Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield. There are two people in which I'm actually conspiring to do business with and have met them on a couple occasions. I'll be with them actually next year. And they wrote, for those who don't know, they wrote the chicken soup for the soul. At first they had difficulty getting everyone and anyone to publish their book and an equally harder time to get anybody to buy it. Then one day they got a piece of advice from a teacher called Scholastico who told them, if you would go every day to a very large tree and take five swings, five swings at it, every day at that tree with a very sharp ax, eventually, no matter how large that tree is, it would have to come down. So here's what Hanson and Canfield developed. They developed the, the rule of five. Every day, they did a specific thing that got them closer to their dreams of selling the books. Every day. They were right. Every day it meant having five radio interviews, sending out five copies to editors who might review the motivational tool for their salespeople or giving a seminar to at least five people and selling the book in the back of a room. He wrote press releases. We called talk shows. They did everything till 3 a.m. in the morning. Got up at five o'clock the next day. Every day they went to gas stations, they went to bakeries, they went to restaurants, they went everywhere. Nobody was publishing, nobody was buying. They adopted the five, what did I tell you guys? Minimum of five, 10 a day will make your bills go away no matter what you do. They did this thing every day, five times. Let me tell you something. It's called the minimum of five things a day. Every day, day in and day out for over two 
years. I see people that quit after a week, that don't even do anything after a day, don't do anything after 30 days. They want to tell me, well, I had talked to everybody. What was that? Well, what was everybody? 12 people? Shut up, stupid. Every day for two years with no success. They talked to five, they did five things every day for two years. Minimum of five things, a minimum of five things. Never let your minimums be your maximums. How did I start out this call? Guess what happened? As a result, Chicken Soup for the Soul has sold 112 million copies in 41 languages. With tenacity and a tenacious faith, everybody wins because numbers never lie. A person that fails never read the book of numbers. <laughs> that suit you have on, it was measured. The food that you're gonna make today, it was measured. The house that you live in, the walls, it was measured. The distance before a spaceship goes to the moon, it was measured. Your gas tank, how many miles is gonna go in your car, it was measured. Everything about your success and anything you've ever done, it was measured. Your second child probably had a better life than the first child because it was measured by the mistakes you made on the first child. Not always, depending on if you had a devil child, but you know what I'm saying. Everything's measured. <laughs> Everything is measured. You got plaque in your teeth, it's measured by how much you floss. I, you name something. How much money you have in your account, it's measured. How much money you've, you've spent, it's measured. How much money you've invested, it's measured. How much time you have in a day, it's measured. How much time God is gonna allow you to live on this planet, it's measured. You never have to figure out anything about success, y'all. It's measured. I don't understand how people want to sit up there and say, well, how do I do this? How do I talk to this person? Well, I need to understand this. I need to do that. Could you help me with that? No. How are you gonna help somebody who hasn't even gotten on the court themselves? That's like, that's just a stupid lesson. That's like somebody asking you how to te teach them how to swing a racket or how to serve a ball on a tennis court and they have never even hit a ball yet. Now you're even trying to, how can, I can't tell you, I can't coach you if I can't even see your mistakes. The one who makes the most mistakes is gonna win. Every extraordinary leader was self-taught. They had guides, they had navigation systems. In fact, I'd say scripture is the best one you could ever have. I'd say also the prayer is your best Wi-Fi. But at the end of the day, it was the people that are extraordinary. Let me tell you how they got there. It wasn't in a school, it wasn't in a class, and it didn't come from a teacher. The teacher did not teach them how to be great. The teacher taught them how to improve upon a skill set they were already working on. They didn't, the teacher can't teach you integrity. The teacher can't teach you a work ethic. The teacher can't teach you how to fail forward. The teacher can't teach you how to overcome your emotions. The teacher can't teach you if you are not gonna get up and do something for yourself, but sit up there, even after this scripture, it's amazing at the end of the month, I look at people's success rate, and I'm like, okay, at what point do you get off your knees and stop praying? Because he cannot give you vitamin D, he cannot necessarily water and give you rain, he cannot make your, your, your plants grow, he is the miracle worker, that's why it's called miracle grow, but you gotta get out there in the field and plow the land. 
you have to have sweat on your brow. The farmer, I love the farmer. He is the most extraordinary person on the planet Earth because he gets up earlier than everybody else and stays up later than everybody else. While everybody else said, well, can we go out? Can we have a weekend? When you have holiday time, can I see you? Do you know how much of an irritant that is? If I mean, if it's not somebody looking to just give me a reprieve to recharge myself, but just looking for more time, that's an irritation to me. Because if, I mean, you know why great people take vacations? Not, if you're taking a vacation to get away from your family, you're in the wrong family. You married the wrong person. If you're taking a vacation to get away from your job, you done filled out the wrong resume. You done filled out the wrong application. You should quit your job. I take a vacation to recharge, and after 24, 48 hours, I am the most restless person on the planet because I'm like, my mind is blowing up. Why do you think I can have this energy with three days of no sleep? You guys know I haven't slept in three days. Some of y'all waking up and don't have an ounce of the energy I have right now. I'm going on three days with no sleep. What? And ready to knock down a tree and go kill the game today. Why? Because I have a spiritual feeding. I'm eating off of a vision that is so freaking large that encompasses every person on this call and beyond this call. I'm already talking to Martians on other planets. I'm way beyond global. <laughs> I am past global a long time ago. You know they're selling real estate in the satellites up above us, right? You do know that they're selling space in the galaxies right now. Then my mentor, Richard Branson, Elon Musk, they're all buying space up there. I, I don't know what people are doing buying real estate, real, residential property here. I'm trying to buy some sky space. <laughs> I figure if they, if there's got to be something up there that, you know, where my satellite can go and I can get paid 100 times where I can get paid off of residential property here. How big do you think? But let's go to Proverbs. Don't give your thoughts and your vision and your seed to the wrong person. It'll shut your dream short. And it'll turn into a nightmare. Well, that last piece of conversation, I'm going to send it into the thread because I just think that this is just an amazing meal. So I'm going to actually stop this. I'll take literally about three takeaways and I'm going to play my concert. I approve this message. Ah, that was a great meal. See, I told you it was seven layers. That was a lasagna for anybody. Hold on one second. Let me stop this recording right here because I think some of y'all be mad if I just lose it.